This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. So good to be back with you again this weekend. We are dealing with ministering healing to others. How to minister healing to others. Now, firstly, I want to welcome all of you in the, in the main church building, in the theater, in the Dr. Theo, the Dr. Biv, and the Sheila Palmer, and in the mall. So excited about how many people are coming to church and how many received their healing the last two weekends. So excited about that. Now, you know, our world is facing some serious challenges with the COVID sickness going around. If ever there was a time that we need to know what God says about this and how we can trust the Lord to stay well, it is today. And so also, we need to know how to pray for loved ones, for friends, for family, for neighbors, uh, and help them with challenges in their health. So that's why we're going to be dealing with this subject, how to minister healing to others. And I want to encourage you to go back and watch part one and part two again and do that regularly, maybe once a month. And uh, feed your heart, feed your faith, so that you can be ready for every circumstance that comes across your path. All right. Before ministering healing to someone, anyone, Always ensure that they understand the scriptures proving that healing has been bought for us through Calvary. They need to be sure that healing is for us today before you pray for them. Otherwise, there's no faith. They're not going to agree with you in prayer. All right. So that's why I recommend that we give out the notes of my part one series or message to everybody here. Not this weekend, but two weeks' time. Two weeks' time, I'm going to do the B part, the final part of this subject, how to minister healing to others. This is going to be the A part. So two weeks' time will be the B part. Next weekend, I'll not be ministering. All right. So we're going to hand that out free of charge. If you'll come to that service, you'll get my notes. I also want to encourage you to go past the bookshop and get my little booklet on healing scriptures because you'll use that when you pray for folks. Before you pray, you'll go walk through that with them. All right. Now, there are seven different ways, seven different ways that you can receive healing. This can be grouped into three categories. Number one, we can receive our healing by calling for the elders to pray over us. You'll find that in James 5 verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil 
in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now that's very powerful. That's telling us we can receive healing by calling for the elders or some other mature Christian to come pray for us, all right? Is anyone sick among you? That's telling us that there might not be or there might be. So if there is, let him call for the elders of the church to pray over him, anoint him with oil and Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. Now, that line is very important. How would James write that to the church if they were not sure healing was for us? He assumed they all believed healing was for us. That's why he said the prayer of faith will save the sick. There can't be any faith unless folks know God wants to heal them. So he's saying, you do know God wants to heal these people. So go pray the prayer of faith, and God will heal them and forgive their sins. Why would that be in there too? If they've committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. Because this is probably applying to a younger Christian, maybe even a baby Christian, who has made a mistake and now feels guilty about what they did wrong, and that is affecting their faith, and so they call for somebody to pray for them, and God says he'll forgive them at the same time without them even asking for it. Isn't that wonderful? All right, the second way that one can receive healing, if any two people agree in prayer, they can receive their healing. You'll see that in Matthew 18, verse 19. Jesus said, again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. So, if you need healing, you can ask your wife to agree with you or some other brother or sister in Christ, and you can pray together for your healing. That's an option. Then option number three, we can receive our own healing when someone lays hands on us. You'll see that in Mark 16, 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe, or believers. In my name, they will place their hands on the sick people, and they will get well. They will get well. All right, that applies to anybody. It doesn't mean they'll get well instantly. It does mean they will get well instantly or they'll recover. They'll recover. Number four, whoever needs healing can begin to confess by Jesus' stripes, I have been healed and therefore I am well. By Jesus' stripes, I have been healed and therefore I am well. Now, I dealt extensively 
with this number four last weekend in part number two of this series. And uh, if you missed that, I encourage you to get that message. It's very, very important. All right. So whoever needs healing can begin to confess by Jesus' tribes I've been healed, and therefore I am well. Jesus told us in Mark eleven twenty three, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. All right, so Jesus said, whoever says will have whatever they say if they believe what they say. In other words, we must believe in our words. Believe in our words. And if we do, what we say will come to pass. All right, so that's the fourth way we can receive healing. Just declare, praise God. God says I'm healed, therefore I am. I like to use that method. I like personally to say, Jesus healed me on the cross. I'm the body of Christ. I am staying well. So I resist this virus. I resist this pain. I resist this inflammation. I resist this problem. Whatever it might be, I'm staying well. Even if you have pain in your body, you say that. And you say, I resist pain because I am healed. I'm staying healed. God said, I am. He bought it on the cross. That's my actual position. I'm siding with the word. If God says, I have it, that settles it. I have it. And that's the position I like to stake to take. All right. Number five. Whoever needs healing can pray in faith, asking God for it. He has the scripture, Mark 11, 24. Jesus said, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So you ask for something, you believe you've got it because you asked for it, and then you declare, I have it. So you ask, you believe you receive, then you say, I believe I have it. You write down the time you receive it, and then you declare, at that time, I receive my healing, therefore I am healed. And you go off confessing, praise God, I am healed. It's important to praise God once you've released your faith because you believe it's done. I shared this example last weekend of the children of Israel standing around the walls of Jericho, God said, I have given you the city. They praised God. They were totally unglued, praising God, shouting, dancing, because in their mind, they had already conquered the city just because God said, I have given it to you. That's why. The walls are still standing. That doesn't matter. What matters is what God said about it. So they're praising God because they have conquered the city because God said it. That's all that mattered. And we praise God because God said you are healed. 1 Peter 2, 24, Matthew 8, 16, 17, 
uh, uh, Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. We praise God because the word says you are healed. Not going to be. You are. It doesn't matter if the walls are standing. In other words, they're paying your body. You praise God because he said you are healed. That's the final point. Authority. It's done. All right. Now, all the five, all the five steps I've just mentioned require faith on behalf of the one who desires healing. And that would be required over a period of time. So once you pray the prayer and you set your faith in motion, your faith needs to stay up in action until your body is free from pain or whatever it is. So from the time prayer is prayed until the time the body is completely well, faith must be exercised on behalf of the one requiring healing. So you pray for somebody, but they need to continue saying, praise God, I'm healed, whether you are there or not there, whether they still have pain or not. Once you leave, it's their responsibility to continue exercising their faith and thanking God because they believe they received it when you prayed, therefore they healed. That's why it's so important to walk them through the Scriptures and show them how faith works from part one and my booklet. Because the devil will try and put the symptoms back on them. Sure as God made little apples, even if the pain all goes. And when it comes, they need to say, no, Mr. Devil, I am healed. I received my healing when he prayed for me last week, and I'm staying healed. They must say that. All right, number six, Some, uh, someone can receive healing by the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating as he wills. So the gifts of the Spirit can operate through any Christian as the Holy Spirit wills, and they can be healed. Here is the verse, let's turn there, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. By the way, please bring your own Bible to church. It's extremely important. If you'll do that and write in your Bible, I guarantee your faith will grow by leaps and bounds. All right? 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, New King James. But the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So every person who's a believer can operate in the gifts of the Spirit for everybody to benefit. That's what that said. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom. That's a fragmentary part of knowledge about the future. Through the Spirit. To another word of knowledge. That's a fragmentary part of knowledge about the present. Concerning people, places, and things. Through the Spirit. Number 9. To another faith by the same Spirit. That's not the regular faith we get by meditating on the Word. This is a special endowment of faith at a time when somebody is using their faith to the max and 
They need more faith to get the job done. Then the Holy Spirit can supernaturally just fill you with faith. And, and uh, you'll just overcome the challenge. That's the gift of faith. All right. To another, gifts of healings. Now notice those are both plural. Gifts plural, healings plural. There's different kinds of gifts for different kinds of sicknesses. To another, the working of miracles. That's where God intervenes in the ordinary course of nature, like a leg growing out. That's not a healing. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is to see into the spirit realm. It's to see how it's about a vision into the spirit realm. To another, different kinds of tongues. All right. Um, that's talking about, this is not actually praying in tongues. This is different. This is talking about public speaking in tongues, public ministry in tongues. To another, the interpretation of those tongues. So that's public ministry with the interpretation. I don't have time to get in that now. But one, the same Holy Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. You see that? As he wills. That means every Christian can have the gifts of the Spirit operate through them whenever the Holy Spirit wants to. But if you make yourself available between someone's need and God, invariably he's going to work through you by the gifts. All right, number seven. One can receive healing by being prayed for by someone who is anointed in the area of healing. For example, Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how Jesus went about or went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So you see that God anointed Jesus, the Father, anointed his Son, with the Holy Spirit and power to heal all those who were oppressed by the devil, all those who were under the devil's attack and influence. All right, so notice it's anointing that equips people to heal. That's what we see in that verse. So the three categories are, number one, faith is required by one needing healing. That is, the first five methods of receiving healing will require faith from the one who wants to receive. The second category, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the third category, the anointing on the one ministering. That's all being discussed now. All right, let's go to Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. Now, when the Lord Jesus was on the earth, his custom was to go into a synagogue on the Sabbath day to talk to them. And uh, he would go from one synagogue to the next every weekend. And uh, 
When he appeared to the Lord, Jesus appeared to Kenneth e. Hagen on one of the occasions that he did. Uh, he appeared to him about 12 times that I know of. On one of the occasions that the Lord Jesus appeared to Kenneth e. Hagen, he told him, he said, every time I would go into a synagogue, I would introduce myself by reading from Isaiah's prophecy about himself, which we're just going to read right now what the Lord Jesus did. He said he did this every time. He went into a synagogue he hadn't been in before. Luke 4, 16. When Jesus came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went, as usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the Scriptures. The scroll containing... The message of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. And he unrolled the scroll to the place where it says. So he looked for the place where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and the downtrodden will be freed from their oppressors. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. All right. So Jesus told them when he gave the book back to the person in charge of the synagogue, he said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That prophecy has just come to pass right now. He's talking about himself. He's saying Isaiah was prophesying about him and he's standing right there. But he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to do all these wonderful things. Now who anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Who was it? Well, as we have just read in Acts 10, 38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit of power. God did. The Father did. Question then is, when was Jesus anointed by the Father with the Holy Spirit? That happened when John the Baptist baptized Jesus in the River Jordan. We can read the account from Matthew 3, verse 13, from the New Living Translation. When Jesus went from Galilee, the Jordan River, to be baptized by John, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, so he come up from the water, he's standing in the water now, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son, and I am fully pleased with him. All right? So the father anointed his son directly after he was baptized by John in the River Jordan. That's why you will not find any miracles recorded from Jesus up to that age of 30. The miracles began after he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. 
because it was the Holy Ghost who did the miracles through Jesus. That's why. All right? Now, in Mark chapter 5, a woman who has faith in the healing anointing on Jesus comes to receive her healing. All right? Obviously, she's heard about Jesus. She's heard that he's anointed. She's heard of all the miracles that happen wherever he goes. And so she knows he's got power, the anointing, flowing through his body and even out of his clothes. Mark 9, Mark 5, verse 29, Mark 5, verse 29 it says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction. All right, so she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. So she knew his clothes were filled with power. And she came behind him, probably on her hands and knees, pressing through the crowd, because if she'd been caught, she would have been stoned to death. Her condition was considered to be like a leper. So she said, if I can just get to him, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. So she knew she was going to get healed if she got there, but she wasn't sure she could actually get there. All right. It says, immediately the fountain of her blood is dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction. So, right, remember now, she's on her knees, reaching out, touching the hem of his garment. You'll find that in another, I think Luke speaks about that as well, and he tells us that. All right, so now Jesus did not see that because his back is turned to her. But notice this word, she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. She felt it. She felt power flow into her. The power she knew was in the cloth of Jesus' garment, like a battery stores electricity. She knew it was there. She touched, and power flows. She feels it. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? So there again, Jesus felt it. Because he turned around and said, who touched my clothes? Now, the disciples say, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? Lord, everybody's touching you. How can you ask a question like that? But this touch was different. The others were touching out of curiosity, out of um, accident. They were bumped up into him. But no power flowed. But he felt the power flow and tried to find out who was it that exercised faith so the power could flow. He did not know. He had nothing to do with it. He had nothing to do with it. Notice this. She felt in her body that she was healed. Number two, Jesus knew power had gone out of him. And number three, the anointing is tangible. You can feel it in the natural. She felt it. She felt it. Mark 5, 34. And Jesus said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. 
So the touch of faith releases the flow of the anointing. Others touched Jesus the same time, but nothing happened. No power flowed. Luke 6.19, go there. The whole multitude sought to touch Jesus for power went out from him and healed them all. So the whole multitude knew that he had power in him and tried to touch his clothes to be healed. All those that believed Jesus was anointed were healed. Jesus wasn't the only one who was anointed with healing power. Jesus anointed his 12 disciples, Matthew 10, verse 1. And when Jesus had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. So he gave his disciples power, anointing, to cast out demons and heal the sick. Then Jesus also anointed the 70 disciples with healing power. You find that in Luke chapter 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then the 70 returned to Jesus with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Now, all those who have received the Holy Spirit also have received the anointing to minister to the sick. Not only the 12, not only the 70, but every believer who has received the Holy Ghost. Look at Acts 1.8. You'll see that right there. Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, Jesus is saying when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power to be a witness. Power to be a witness. That means you need power to demonstrate that Jesus is alive, that he's resurrected. Power to be a witness of Jesus. The Holy Ghost wants to anoint you to demonstrate the resurrected Christ by healings, miracles, the supernatural, that Jesus would do that through your life. Paul apostolate hands on Timothy. By doing this, a special anointing came upon Timothy. Let's see that in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. Paul Apostles says to Timothy, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. All right, that's the NIV translation. The New King James translation says, Stir up the gift that's in you. How do you stir up that gift that's in you? You pray in the Spirit. You pray in the Spirit. I find the more time I spend praying in the Spirit, 
and meditating on healing scriptures, the more anointing I have to minister to folks. All right, another powerful example of the anointing <clears throat> is the anointing stayed in the bones of Elisha for many years after he was dead. 2 Kings 13.21, NIV translation. Once while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders. So they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb because they were afraid. These raiders were coming to attack them and they were taking him to be buried. And so before they could bury him, the raiders came, so just threw the body into Elisha's tomb and ran away. And when the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came to life and stood up on his feet. Now somebody said, wow, Apostle Theo, if the anointing in Elisha's bones was so strong that this man came back to life, then how come Elisha died? Good question. Elisha got old, and it was time to go home, and so he went on to be with the Lord. This man evidently was much younger and too young to die, and the Spirit of God raised him from the dead, and the Spirit of God on Elisha's bones called back the Spirit of the man to come back into his body after healing his body. Praise God. Now, no one prayed for the man. No one used the name of Jesus. And yet, the anointing healed him. Healing power, or you might say the anointing, can be kept in a cloth. You find that in Acts 19, verse 11. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from Paul's body to the sick and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Once again, no one prayed for these people. No one used the name of Jesus for these people, and yet they were healed. The moment the cloth was laid on them, they were healed. They were cured. So, as I lay hands on people, I believe the healing anointing flows into them through my hands. And you need to say the same thing. Say that. When I lay hands on someone, the healing anointing flows through my hands into their body. Now, notice this again twice, okay? Elisha's bones and the hanky. No one prayed for the people. I want to emphasize that again. And yet the power flowed, and they were healed and delivered. It says in verse 12 that the demons, the evil spirits, came out of these people. Just the hanky on the sick person, and the demons came out. That's remarkable. I have found very often when I lay hands on people, just the anointing drives out the demons I don't even have to use the name of Jesus. Why is that? The Holy Spirit is desperate 
to bring, to manifest what Jesus paid for on the cross. He's desperate to demonstrate the heart of Jesus, the plan and purpose of Jesus, the desire of Jesus, and to carry on the ministry of Jesus through you and me. Praise God. He really wants to do it. So I will be laying hands on people to receive the anointing so they can minister to others. Or you might say, because I'm not physically there, I'm going to pray a prayer and the Spirit of God will come upon you and anoint you with a special anointing to minister to others, like we've just been talking about. I'll do that not next weekend, but the following weekend as I finish up part two or part B of how to minister to others, okay? Now, according to Acts 1, verse 8, this anointing to minister healing is for all those who are willing to be a witness for Christ. So if you're willing to be a witness for Jesus, this anointing will work through your life. If you want to sit like a bump on a log and do nothing for Jesus, why would he want to anoint you? Hello? All right. So in part four, which is two weeks away, I will pray for all those who want to have an impartation of healing, anointing, healing power to come on them in the service. Amen? All right. Praise God. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And we'll also be giving away those notes from part one as well. All right. So now we're going to minister to the sick. Praise the Lord. Won't you please close your eyes, everybody, and say this with me together. Father God, I believe Jesus healed us on the cross. By his wounds and stripes, I was healed. Isaiah 53, verse 10 says that God made Jesus sick with the sicknesses of all humanity. He bore the sicknesses of all humanity so we could all be healed and walk in health. Tonight, or this morning rather, this morning I receive the healing that belongs to me. I receive this now from the Holy Spirit, the anointing. He is present. I receive his presence to fall on me now like oil poured forth, that gentle rain of his anointing, that warm heat, that warm heat of God's presence to flow through my body and create in me a healthy body just like the anointing flowed from Elisha's bones and from the hanky I received the anointing to flow into me now 
and heal me from head to toe. I receive that right now in Jesus' name. Now raise your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. I receive it. All right, there it is. There it is. The power of God's flowing all across this auditorium. God's healing right now. The anointing's flowing. The anointing's flowing. In particular, in particular, there's somebody here. Keep your head bowed, your eyes closed. God's healing arthritis in your hands right now. If that's you, just say, that's me, praise God. That's me. Thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. In particular, somebody's healing somebody's insteps. Underneath their feet, their arches are painful, very painful. It seems like your feet are maybe even deformed underneath. Your arches might be, might be deformed. It feels like it could be. Right now then, the Spirit of God is healing your feet. You might feel them moving in your, in your shoes right now. You might feel them moving in your shoes right now. There it is. The heat of God is in your feet. You can feel them getting really hot right now. There's someone else here. You've had a real problem with your immune system. Your immune system is not working properly. It's attacking your body. God's healing you right now. You'll feel that warm heat go through your body and heal you. There it is. There it is. Praise God. And now I sense the power of God flowing through everybody, just healing everybody. Now, I'd like you please to open your eyes and examine your body. Try and find that problem. You'll see it's all gone. Now, to give a testimony to the Lord for what He's done, lift both your hands and wave them like that to give God the honor and the praise for what He's just done for you. If you know that you are healed. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And particularly those that are called out, those that are called out, those, one, those ones I mentioned, I'd like you to stand quickly and come up here and in one word to the front, just tell us what it is God healed you from. Just like if it's pain, just say pain. Whatever it is, God healed me. That's all you have to do. And then you can go back to your seat Come on right now, quickly. We're waiting. It's important. Time's rolling on. Give God the glory. You know that woman we read about in Mark chapter 5? Jesus would not let her go until she came and testified. Because when you testify, you keep your healing. That's what happens. So he did not let her go. He said, who touched my clothes? And she came back and she said, it was me. Then he said, you are made every word whole. So possibly she was healed and now restored too. Like, for example, a leper might be healed from leprosy, but now he's got his fingers back, that kind of thing. So God does the complete work when you testify. And remember this, while you're coming up the front, remember this. 
the devil ever tries to put that back on you, phone somebody and tell them what God did for you. God healed me from this on Sunday morning. Or God healed me from that on Sunday morning. Or just tell somebody. And when you do that, immediately that symptom will go. You can say, I resist you, devil. I'm staying well. Praise God. All right. Go ahead and give those testimonies. Thank you, Jesus. I'm healed from the immune system that was attacking my skin. Um. Arthritis in my hands. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jesus healed me from arthritis in my hands. Thank you. Thank you. Healed from arthritis in my left hand. The awakening of the Holy Spirit, my immune system. Thank you, Lord. My immune system. Thank you, Jesus. Healed from arthritis in my hand and for my instep. That's been an issue for years now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for healing my feet. I believe I'm healed from the tumor that I have in my face. I believe I'm healed from an irregular heartbeat. Arthritis of the hip and hand. Praise the Lord. Let's continue on with the meeting and let's do the altar call. Every head bowed, every eye closed. How many would say, Apostle Theo, I want to be sure I'll go to heaven one day. I don't want to wake up finding out I missed heaven. So while heads are bowed, while eyes are closed, if that's you, If you want that assurance, if you want the assurance, I'm going to count to three. If you'll lift your hand up, I'm going to pray a prayer, and God will give you the assurance when I pray. You'll put that assurance in your heart. You'll know you're saved. God is your Father, and you're going to heaven one day. I'm counting to three. Slip those hands up. One, two, three. There you go. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Praise God. All right. I'd like everybody to say this little prayer with me. Father, I thank you, especially all those who raised their hands. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross in my place. He was punished for my sins so I can be forgiven. I receive my forgiveness, please, Jesus. Thank you. I declare you are the Lord of my life and I'll live for you with all my heart till I see you face to face. Praise God, if you said that this morning, thank you, Jesus. You will make it to heaven if you continue staying in fellowship with the Lord. All right, we will see you soon in South Africa. Another two or three weeks time. God richly bless you all. Can't wait to be with you. Love you all. From me and Master. 
Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 